Together, growing in faith, changing communities. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Today, dear friends, I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 8 to 15. At that time, the women departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Hail! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priest and all all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell the people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spreading among the Jews until this day. There's something interesting in this story. The first one that touches me, the women departed quickly with fear and great joy. With awe, with excitement, and yet with a bit of fear. They just cannot believe their eyes. They cannot believe that he conquered death. That he has risen. That he is not among the dead. He's not here. And the resurrection for me, it's the story of our faith. It is the story of our lives. How we struggle through life. How we try to find ourselves how we try to find meaning, how we try to make sense of that which has been given to us. That is what the resurrection is all about. It is about God conquering evil. And the St. Paul beautifully says it's the last enemy that the devil, rather that Jesus uh, conquers is death. And so when they live with great joy, with this great sense of awesomeness of God. It's because God has come through for them. But what also becomes interesting for me is that what God has done in and through Jesus is what God is doing in and through our lives every day. God is doing something great. God is calling us for something greater. God is leading us to the greater heights. How many of us are willing to trust God? How many of us are willing to see God as he sees us through trials and tribulations? Then there's a second element that touches me is that as Jesus has been raised from the dead, the soldiers know what had happened in a sense that they know that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. 
they know that he rose from the dead. And they go and they, they tell the story. And the Jews, the chief priests, the elders, they come together and they just like, we can't tell this to the people. And so they make up a story. Now, the point for me that I want to highlight is how often do we lie and make that worse by creating another lie? Where there's been an opportunity where I could have corrected the wrong, I could have done something good, but instead I make the situation worse by another lie. But then there's another element that is quite disturbing that those with money can have power over people. And that has not changed that much. A great number of people who have money also have authority, have power, have influence. And so they somehow have controlled the poor, the weak, and the desperate. Money can do good, money can do evil. The issue is not about money. The issue is about what do I do with money? And so in here, you find this group of people that they've used money for their own benefit. They've used it to tell a lie. They've used it to destroy further human life. And that for me is, is a bit of a challenge. How do I use my resources not to destroy people's lives? How do I use my authority not to look down upon others, not to destroy their faith, not to deprive them of the love, the mercy, the forgiveness of God? And this we can exercise as a priest, as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, as a sibling. This I can exercise in my workplace where I have people working with me or people working under me. Where I have some information that no one else has. I can easily manipulate that. I can easily uh, force people to beg me for information. I can easily manipulate people and make them feel that I'm the big thing. I'm the in thing. That without me they cannot do anything. And this can be found even in churches where certain people have become what I call personal institutionalized history. That this is the person who knows everything and does everything. And so we somehow are dependent on this person. And so if this person does not do what we're asking of that person, that thing will never be done. And that's the most dangerous thing that you can ever do in business as well as in the church. Then there comes a time when some people feel that, no, you, you cannot do without me. But that's not true. Yes, we may struggle without your help, but it doesn't mean we cannot do without your help. And that is something I've come to realize so early in my priesthood. Thank God for that. That the church needs us, but the church can survive without us. The church can still do far more greater. God does not need us. And there's this beautiful preface in the church. Our prayers of thanksgiving add nothing to your greatness. 
but the desire to serve you is itself your gift. There's nothing I can do that can that can that can make God great. He's already great. On his own, he is the majestic thing that no one can ever contain. But my desire, my willingness, my urge to save you fills me up. Not because God needs it, no. It is I who need to serve God. It is I who need to thank God. It is I who need to acknowledge God. Because I know what God has done. I know what God is doing. I know what God is capable of achieving in my life. Then there's also another beautiful element that I also find in this gospel account. Is that they say, even if you get into trouble, or the governor hears about this, we will continue to lie. And how many people have been victims of that? That we continue to live a lie because certain people are willing to protect us. We are continuing living a life of sin because certain people benefit from what we do. And so the question for me is, when is enough enough? When will I learn to outgrow the evil I have done? When will I stand for truth and justice? And when will I do the right thing that God expects and demands of my life? And it is when we ask God to guide us that we realize the truth. That we are limited on our own. But with God, like St. Paul puts it, I can do all things through him who is my strength. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.